time has come to retool our playing for ourselves, for our students, and for the greater groove. And the big question remains, of course, what is the future of strings? Come on, let's talk about it. Silverman, your host of the For the Greater Groove, the Future of Strings podcast. This is where we talk about the future. The future. What part strings will play in the future. The future of <laughs> strings is here. <laughs> and I've got one of the most futuristic stringers around <laughs> on the show today, my Good buddy Andy Reiner, otherwise known as Anders from Anders and Flux. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and host of his own podcast of great repute, the River of Suck podcast. That's right. Everybody knows Andy, the, the skiing fiddler. <laughs> you've seen him on TikTok. You've seen him on Insta. You've seen his insane clips of him skiing down a mountain off trail <laughs> at night like on a double black diamond hill with his viola acoustic viola in his hands you know this is just <laughs> and uh, that's the way he rolls yeah or slides skis I just, i'm just trying to feel the laws of gravity man <laughs> trying to make them trying to bring them into my body yeah 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 i hear you a lot of people know Andy from Fiddle Hell as co-director, part of the Reiner family of uh, products that runs <laughs> the uh, the great Fiddle Hells in November and April. How many how many Fiddle Hells are there now? Just the two, or are you guys going to ramp it up? Have like a like a summer hell? I think two is pretty good. I mean, it was every year. Yeah, <laughs> it was every November, and right. then the world fell apart. Right, we were like and then, maybe we should try an online festival. So now, it turns out a bunch of people like learning music online. Exactly, because especially because no one can hear them, and I just think it's one of the <laughs> best ways to teach and learn improvisation. There's no like cacophonous yeah. everyone at once or everyone terrified because everyone's going to hear them. So right. we think it's great. So. In the future, moving forward, we got April, um, April online, November in person. We're hoping, we're really hoping to be back in person in 2022. If we can't do it, then yeah. I don't know, like what, who you knows know, what? what to do. Man, we'll be going to fiddle hell in a handbasket. I'll tell you what. And uh, and Andy's got these great educational stuff. He's got the Groove Shop, like I say, that he does with uh, with Rob Flax, the Anderson Flax groove team and improv team um, doing all they can to liberate all you string players from your classical baggage. Just let it go. <laughs> let it go. Be free. So, brother, it's good to see you there in your beautiful studio out in Colorado. That's right. We're, we're really in the mountains here. We're at 8,600 feet, Woo! and we're very happy. Yeah, our house is basically a private national forest trailhead. So if, if you need to park your car here and go for a walk, <laughs> definitely, definitely let me know. That's awesome. That's really cool. 
That's really cool, man. And uh, it was really fun to participate in your improv multiverse. To be uh, just one <laughs> speck of cosmic dust in the multiverse. It's it's funny. Uh, the multiverse situation is... Uh, well, now now you have to explain it even more than you did before, because now this all this metaverse stuff is coming out. I so know. I think it's really important to be like, we're not that. That's not <laughs> what this is. The multiverse is a theory that says there's not just one universe. There are infinite universes. So that's very different from like, our lives are going to be virtual reality in a 3D immersive environment online. That's right. the metaverse. So I, I, I yeah. do think it's important to... Uh, <laughs> Like, state that difference. But I think for some people, maybe, like, we went too far and they were like, oh, well, like, we, we want to solo over, like, tunes and forms. And we were like, we're just trying to blow your mind so that when you go back to solo over tunes, you won't look at it the same way again. Right. And actually, that's my new theory of improvising is a multiverse theory of improv, which we can I get into to now or ab- later. I, I want to <laughs> hear about this. I, I understand you have a new theory. <clears throat> of I have. I have. <laughs> this is my theory of improv. Okay. So, yeah. So this is one of those things where you try to explain it to people and they look at you like you're crazy. So I, I figured if I wrote it down, it'd be a little easier. So music exists. Music exists in the universe. We don't know how big the universe is. As far as we can tell, it's infinite. There's no center to the universe. That's right, not even Earth. There's no edge to the universe. And if we define universe as all there is or all that exists, then obviously there can only be one universe. Right. Is the universe good? Is the universe bad? The universe just is. We are in a universe. What is keeping us in this universe? Well, Earth's gravity. Thanks, Earth. How do we travel across the universe? Very slowly, using expensive Earth technology, and by taking pictures with telescopes and satellites with telescopes. What is the multiverse, though? Multiverse theory suggests that our universe, with all its hundreds of billions of galaxies and Countless stars spanning tens of billions of light years may not be the only one. Instead, there might be an entirely different universe, distantly separated from ours, and another, and another. But what does this mean? (laughs) It means that we're very extremely incomprehensibly small. Think for a moment. What if we could travel across the universe? What if we could travel across the multiverse? How would we do it? So this is audio. This is the podcast. So I have a visual that I won't do. But imagine if you had a piece of paper. <laughs> you you had a piece of paper and you had different dots on it. And yeah. the, the piece of paper kind of represents like how we think about space and time. You know, this is over here and that's over there. But what if you folded the piece of paper so the two dots met and you put a pencil through it? That would be the fastest way to travel if we could do that. Right. So I believe the multiverse of music is real and as you know the more you learn the more you realize you know nothing music like the universe like the multiverse is infinite each piece of music each style of music each region of music follows a different set of rules you could think of the road rules to playing a style of music as being its own universe or galaxy each player is a planet 
with its own unique subset of life and existence and understanding. Some players are stars. Bands or jams are like solar systems. Nice. (laughs) So let's make it... I'm almost there. (laughs) Let's make a big leap together. Think of music as the multiverse. It's made up of matter and star systems, galaxies, and universes of different ideas because music is something we hear. We do not require expensive spaceships to travel to other musical universes. We just require an open mind. Each line of musical thinking is its own celestial object. Pocket universes, wormholes, rifts, multiverses of scale. So in the course of your musical life, in the course of your music, in the course of just one solo, you have the opportunity to visit more than just one universe. And because music is something we hear, cannot see, cannot touch, but we can feel, the laws of physics do not apply. You do not need a spaceship. You do not need a life support system. You can visit these new worlds, solar systems, galaxies, and universes with your mind, with your instrument, with your ears, and your friends. So you can make giant leaps across the multiverse in a matter of seconds. You just have to believe it is possible. And you must let your curiosity and your creativity lead the way. Don't let questions of good and bad dictate your creativity. This is not about good music or bad music. This is about opening yourself to the possibility that your music is only limited by preconceived notions from the only universe that you already know. Your music and your mind and your instrument are your passport to the multiverse. Past your ego and your value judgments. (laughs) I like it. Yes. I love the multiverse theory. I love the multiverse theory. I love the fact that it's powered by curiosity. Yeah. What is out there? We are tiny. We don't know anything. And the way you travel from point A to point B in the musical multiverse is to be curious about what point, what multiverse B sounds like. What does that music sound like in wherever, Nairobi? Yeah. Like if you just played one. Like if you, if your solo didn't go anywhere, then it's not as exciting. And the the weird <sighs> crux of the situation is everyone wants to think about while they're playing their solo, is it good, and what will people think? Yeah. But the problem with that is like that's a bunch of energy that you could be putting towards listening to the other musicians that you're playing with, right? And reacting and responding to what they're doing yes you know and and (laughs) it's it's interesting you know you 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 talk about all this metaphorically but it's it's really true that the especially the things like judgment and ego uh which has is such a huge um it's kind of like a wind that stops us like if you're riding a bike and you're riding into the wind man it's a lot more work um and that ego that you talked about that's like you talked about being in the solo and thinking about how how does this sound do other people think this is cool right all of those type of ego things uh at one point i started in order to try to get myself out of that kind of a trap which is it's just there it's part of it's part of a lot of the perform the performing experience for a lot of no doubt people uh it's just part of the landscape and you have to learn how to deal with that um 
I would tell myself that that is the sort of reptilian brain. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's my reptilian brain. That's my survival brain of like, who, you know, like, who am I stronger than? Who's stronger than me? Who am I going to kill? Who's going to eat me? <laughs> you know, it's this survival kind of reptilian brain. And I th and when I think about that, I go like, you know what? I'm a lot better than a reptile. I'm going to just lose that that lowly plane of thinking and just slip on up to the more spiritual plane and vibe out and stop worrying about the the lower earthly plane of of thinking and how do you yeah. get there that's the question how do you just like turn that off and go okay i'm gonna stop thinking about myself now and start thinking spiritually well yes and no right because <laughs> that that lizard brain yeah. that you that you're talking about or not lizards that part of our brain is still part of the human experience. Yes. So, so I think the first thing, and this is sort of why why I ended up starting River of Suck podcast was trying to figure out. I was tired. I couldn't figure out the answer, so I just wanted to ask other people what they Interesting. thought. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's the central question, <laughs> right? But um, it's so it's not bad. It's part of us. The question is, how do we let like harness that energy? and go towards the flow state, yes. which you could have a flow state and be thinking about other people or not. I think just the important thing, if you're, if you're in a improvising playing experience, whether it's a performance or a recording that you get into that flow state where things happen that you don't expect. And right. How do we not question them? I, I don't know. I'm always looking for that flow state and I think for me, it's harder with music than skiing. And I think that's why I like skiing so much. Because it gets you more into the flow state. Yeah. In three seconds, my cool. mind shuts so, off. Yeah. So yeah. Here's, here's my theory. Here's <laughs> yeah. my return. I got a, a return theory for you. Perfect. And that has to do with this flow state thing. And I actually uh, just posted about this um, somewhere on my social media recently. And mm -hmm. I was talking about how improvising it's like um it's like walking on a path or running on a path through the woods which is yeah. why this skiing works for you because well, when you yeah. when you're doing that what you're doing is you are occupied in the moment of finding where to put your next foot because mm -hmm. you're in challenging terrain there are roots there are rocks there's you know maybe snakes there's stuff around to that you're going to trip over snakes. there's there's wet <laughs> leaves there's ice whatever so you're you're running down this path and your attention is 100% focused on where am i going to put each of my next steps because my body weight is falling forward and I got to find before my foot hits the ground, I got to figure out where to put it. So you are preoccupied. You don't have time for ego in those moments because you're going <laughs> to, otherwise you're going to fall on your ass. So the way I, I, you know, I just go, well, okay, when I'm playing music, what I need to do is focus on some very fundamental things that take me out of my brain and back into this here and now situation. And improvising is one of those things that forces you to do that because you have to respond to constantly changing environment. You know, right, right. if you're just playing something more classical, it's a little harder because you've rehearsed it, you practiced it a million times, you've got all this room in your brain now to just daydream. Yeah, but say you're playing a box solo partita 
and you lose your train of thought. You the flow state, I think, is super important in terms of playing something with feeling that you've memorized. So I, I don't think yeah. it's all no all or nothing. No, I'm just saying improvising helps because it forces yeah. you into the here and now. Right, whereas right, right. it's harder in the classical world to maintain that. But um, sure, yeah, but it is possible. But so I find that you know, in, even in the classical world, that if I focus on fundamentals, things like intonation mm -hmm. brings me out of it right away. If I just start focusing on, oh, just hearing tones and hearing pitches, and you get in that state, and it's a zen place, it's like yeah. it brings you out of all of your other uh, dialogues with yourself with your past self, with your future self, with your friends, with your teachers, with all of that crap that goes circulating around in your brain when mm -hmm. you're um, in a situation, in a performance situation where you feel like, you know, either there's a certain amount of stress or fight or flight or whatever, you know, and you're, you, or you just want to sound good and you're trying too hard sometimes. <laughs> Sounding good. Yeah. Whatever that I, I, means. I, I love that theory. And, um, I want to propose something about it, which is that say you're, I mean, we're so in our phones now and like maps and like knowing everything that's about to happen. Like we have to know what's coming every second. And uh, I've been trying to like map out these trail network that we have around here in our neighborhood in the forest. And I keep looking at a topo map and Joy's like, just wander. Join my wife, Dr. Dr. Joy Adams of the cello. Yes. Um, she's like, put that away. Like, let's just follow it and see where it goes. You don't have to know where it's going. Yes. Interesting. So I, yeah. So, so I think there's an opportunity, not necessarily like with phones, but like say you're on that path and it forks and you don't know which way to, to go. And I think part of taking a solo is that you're going to pick one and you're not going right. to question it. You're just right. going to go left or you're going to go right. And right. you're going to deal with the consequences of exactly where that path goes. Right. And we have to just go there and not like, yes. <laughs> you have to act. Gotta, you, you, you must need to act. act. Sometimes you need to think less and act and, and do just more. Act. And especially yeah. in improvisation, you know, um, because that's, it's really about, doing something it's about playing it's about playing a game and in fact in that post that i was talking about this whole uh you know uh theory of running down a path through the woods um the reason I, I started out saying you don't have to understand you don't have to understand what you're doing just mm -hmm. get involved in where's my next step how and who said right. something that i should answer who said something i can imitate uh, who said something that inspires a story um, and just free flowing and allowing yourself to to be um, agile is yeah. really what is really your your best friend when you're an improviser agility you need to be light on your feet so that you can pivot on a dime and suddenly go in a different direction because somebody just did this and then just swing over here and do that and uh understanding all of all of the theory is not as helpful as being really in the moment and being present and being aware. Mm -hmm. That's where I like skiing coming back to this analogy because yep. walking, you could stand there and like, think about it for a second, but if you're in motion right. with gravity, <laughs> you're flying down the hill, yeah. the split second decisions. I mean, that's the flow state I'm talking about where you're making choices. Yep. 
and dealing with the consequences. Yeah. <laughs> but it's happening really fast relatively to but but yeah. It's if only we could do that so easily with our instruments. But these string instruments that you love to talk you have a whole podcast about string instruments, right? That's where <laughs> we're, <laughs> like I'm not saying I have the answer of like how do you do it, but like that's yeah. the goal, right? Yeah. <laughs> if we can identify what the goal is, we're much more likely to reach it. So well, let's bring people one step closer to that goal by focusing on one of the big fundamentals yeah. as musicians, and that is groove. Groove. And focusing on the groove and focusing on the rhythm is mm -hmm. the other thing I was going to say. I focus on intonation, and that brings me into the present. Focusing on rhythm also really helps me regain my composure if I ever lose it on stage. Because yeah. there's something about the physicality of playing a groove brings you into your body by necessity. You have yep. to relax your arms. You have to relax your hips and your ankles and all of that stuff in order to let that music seep in to your body. Um, so, uh, so let's talk about groove here a little bit and yeah. how that brings you uh, into the improvisational flow state. I think that's the key. My gosh, Tracy, you found it. That is the key. <laughs> that is, is the key. If I'm wandering, I, I like, I call, what you know when you're in a solo and you don't know where to go? I call that wandering in the desert. You're just like, <laughs> you're like, I don't know where the water is. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know which way is up or down. Everything is terrible. Um, and so when I find myself in those wandering in the desert moments, I refocus back on rhythm because if I can play something that's groovy, it's going to mean something or mean more than just like, I think just playing notes for the note's sake is kind of like you could say a lot less with more. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd rather say more with less. So if I'm, <laughs> if I'm, if I'm like really on that sand dune, just <laughs> thinking about rhythm is going to give my, yeah, it puts everything in context with the tune, the everything. Everything comes together the second yeah. you refocus on rhythm. Yes, and the beauty of it is that you don't need, and this is what I, I think is a huge uh, inhibitor for a lot of classical players, and why, and the reason I was saying you don't have to understand everything about jazz harmony to improvise. <laughs> It's, it's very intimidating, right? People mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't know, it's dominant, you know, augmented and, and, you know, altered chords. And I don't know how to do this. Everyone's going to know I'm a fraud. And, you know, there's that, there's that terrible sense of I, I have to live with this for years before I'm allowed to improvise. Mm. And what classical players forget is that they have great ears. And you don't need to know a lot of notes if you if you can engage the rhythmic part of your playing. Right on. Well, that's why we did so much free <laughs> improv at Improv Multiverse. Yeah. Because, yeah, let's get away from the chords and free ourselves to not worry about if the music is good or bad and just yeah. listen to other people. And then I, I feel like if you take that experience and then you bring it back <laughs> to your actual band situation, because no... <laughs> No musical listener wants to hear free jazz, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it not many, not many. There is a, a le very limited select audience. Yeah, it doesn't, like, let's say you go down to the brewery. They don't want to hear it there. 
No. They don't want to hear it at the summer festival, whatever. But I've, there's something about that experience of that letting go that that you can bring it back, and that's yeah. But rhythm, again, I think makes it happen. So yeah, I I have no idea where I'm going with that. But. Well, cool. I'll tell you what. I'll it's, tell you where we'll go with that. Let's yeah. uh, grab your fiddle and let's groove hack something. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I was thinking about this. So, let's talk about fiddle tunes, if that's okay. Yeah. Because I love fiddle tunes. Fiddle mm-hmm. tunes are like, I mean. Yeah, my dad, Mr. Fiddle Hell, yep. <laughs> Dave Reiner, he's, uh, he showed me fiddle from since I was a kid. And I just love playing fiddle music, and I love making people dance. So, And you've written a lot of fiddle tunes of your own. That's right. I can't stop writing them. I'm not sure what to do with them all the time, but <laughs> if awesome. the universe or the multiverse is going to give me music, I better be ready to accept it. So exactly. um, I was thinking about like the some of the most basic fiddle tunes that everyone learns. And I came upon Red Haired Boy because the Irish players know it and the bluegrass players know it. So it's not just like stuck in one... You know, if I was like, this tune's from Cape Breton. Right. <laughs> Nobody else knows it. So. It's a true multiverse tune. That's right. <laughs> Travels across the styles. <laughs> so if, if you just play these notes. A lot of people just play, they learn the notes in the order that they happen. And I think what's missing is like a thing that's going to make you be like, mm. <laughs> like right. make people, like, I want someone to hear my music and I want their body to move without yeah. them even thinking about it. So, right. um, other than that, like, there, there's a couple of things. So, like, let that's just the A part, right? Those are the notes from the A part. And let's just look at that. All fiddle tunes have A parts and B parts. They happen twice, but <laughs> let's just look at this small little section of it. So, a couple of things that happen. We have eighth notes and we have quarter notes. And I think the strum bowing method solves one of the biggest bowing problems mm. for playing fiddle tunes, which is just that if you have a quarter note in a sea of eighth notes, sometimes right. you get going on this like up bow thing. Yep, and you get backwards. Right. Yeah, and you get this back and and some new players don't feel the difference yeah. yet. I know. And so that's always interesting, but and I, I know opinions vary about like if there is a right way or a wrong way to bow and so there's my caveat. I have spent some time like playing Irish music in Boston pubs with like really old guys, and then whatever bur- direction their bow is yeah. going, it always sounds perfect in the groove and the style. So that yeah. makes me want to be ambidextrous about my direction. At the same yes. time, yes, I know what feels... you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> so so I'm always striving to be more like that. But that said, feels really good to go down and up. 
There is a certain do- there is a certain primal strength in the down bow that's simply stronger than an up bow. I don't care no how much you've evened out your up bows, your down bow is stronger. Exactly. So so the strum bowing method really solves this by adding another ghost note. <clears throat> right. I, okay, maybe it's not a secret. I'm a big fan of the strum bowing method. <laughs> Hopefully your listeners know about it by now. But like... <laughs> the other thing, though, is just adding one slur, right? So if you add one slur then you're back to normal. So I, I always right. think of it, right. you can add a ghost note or one slur and you're good. But if you don't do that, your bow is just going all over the place Yeah, and it's a little hard to control. And the, the, the worst part about, about not doing the strum bowing, about doing, you know, like the long bows and, and slurs is that sometimes they're not the same length. They don't quite line up. Mm. So sometimes like you make da 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 right instead of da 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 right so that's possible to happen whereas if you're going da 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 you're automatically evening it out you're putting it on a rhythmic grid so that's why that's where that's even evens things out you know so one thing that your listeners who aren't into Quebecois fiddle music might not know yeah. is that if you added that ghost stroke, you're basically playing Quebecois style Canadian fiddle music. That to me very, feels very huh. Canadian when I huh. start strumboing more. <laughs> there you have it. So, so, we can think about it in terms of like backup and melody, but I I really want to focus on this kind of. Here's the word. This is my phrase that I've come up with: is rhythmic dynamics. Because sometimes we think about dynamics as like this part is quiet, and then we will crescendo to the fortissimo section and gradually get louder. But within a groove, a rhythm groove, or within a fiddle tune, there's actually accents popping out all over the place. So. That's the there, there's <laughs> it turns out when you start trying to pull apart music, it brings a lot of concepts together and it's hard to only look at one at a time. But yeah. that's the reality is like you're trying to play music that has a melody and chords and a groove like yep. there's just there's a lot going on. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm trying yep. to pick it apart. <laughs> yeah. And fiddle tunes are designed. I mean, they came about. They evolved into what they are because they are a single melodic instrument providing rhythm for dancing. That's right. And I still play contra dances. They're they're still happening. Actually, the last one just got canceled because the cases were going up. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I like I play four dancers playing fiddle tunes and yep. it's funny like they'll tell you when it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> you'll know. And you'll know when it's working cuz they'll be whooping and like obviously having a good time. Yeah. Um so what makes it work? <laughs> so in addition to that strumboing thing and the slurring, I want to go back to the slurring for a second. If you slur things together so that they kind of make quarter notes out of your bow, mm-hmm. it kind of turns into bong, 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 bong. Right. <laughs> if you slur across the beats or from one measure to the next or from say beat three to four beat two to three on from the end or something right 
Like, here's the difference, right? Here's slurring on quarter notes. Right? Here's not do. Here's slurring across the beats. Just making that one change for me yep. makes all the difference from bong, 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 bong to yep. And the other piece that we're missing is these accents, right? And if you're just starting out thinking about accents in fiddle music, yep, offbeat. All about that offbeat. So I was thinking about, could you do this just on an open string? I'm going to keep that melody in my head mm -hmm. and try to play the rhythm of the tune, but use those rhythmic dynamics and the slurs across the beats and see what happens. Now, this is a real, and it has more quarter notes than a lot of them, but it's okay. <laughs> So there it is, like, forget the notes. The groove is what makes people dance, and oh, that's what yes. makes people care about the notes. Yep. So I guess those are my two biggest things. Accent the offbeat. The downbeat will take care of itself. You got mm -hmm. the you got the downbeat. And and slur across things. And yeah. don't do one slur too much. It's all about the little sprinkles of variety like like the yes. Boeings are like the seasoning. We need salt and pepper, but not too much salt. Yeah. Not too much pepper, unless you're a chili head, then in which case there's no <laughs> such thing as too much pepper. You want that garlic, whatever. Yeah. 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 And what's what's very interesting is is the difference between the accented backbeats coming through and some of the eights coming through and some of the eights being more implied. Mm -hmm. Either because you're holding a, a quarter note, you know, that are actually just quarter notes. But um, this idea of implied rhythm is very strong because we, as human beings, we fill in all that rhythm. We know what rhythm is. We know what, what it is to subdivide a beat. We do it naturally, whether we know anything about music or not. It's just No doubt. It's just if you go like this... We're already hearing uh one uh I'm pulling my hands apart percussively, right? <laughs> now it doesn't make any noise, but I'm feeling it and that's keeping it even. And it's what I'm trying to say is you can't see this because of course it's a podcast. But um what <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm doing is I'm moving rhythmically to that beat and that's keeping it um keeping it steady. And 
Uh, Wait, I guess I'm sorry. It, it, I'm I'm interrupting, but yeah. it really brings it back to your walking in the woods analogy of picking up your feet. People yeah. don't think about the rhythm of their walking, but you're doing it. And in order to put your foot down and keep going, you have to pick your foot up. Yes. So <laughs> people are doing this all the time. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. If you're and on a run, you're doing it right now. <laughs> Future listener. <laughs> if you're listening to this while you're taking a walk. That's right. Um, but, the, you know, I talk about sometimes the, uh, the implied rhythm being like the way a cartoonist implies bricks. You know, mm. it's just like you don't have to draw every brick. You can draw a few bricks and your our brain, our ear fills in oh, the rest. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? And so you can go bum, 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 jacka, bum, baka, bum, bum. And we're hearing ticka, 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 ticka. Because all you had to do is imply a few of the subdivisions and our ear fills in the rest. Yeah. And that's a really useful thing. And the way you were just playing that tune was making use of the fact that we hear all those subdivisions so as a player you don't have to bring every one of them out because if you bring them all out the same guess what none of them come out that's why i'm not playing it even though when i do that i i don't hate it but <laughs> I, I like to mix it up a little bit more right but with all separate bows you mean yeah yeah i mean but it's a good place to start because if it can't groove with the separate bows like Right. You kind of need, that's like, I think, a building block. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, the truth of it is behind all of the other stuff, The like I always say, rhythmic music comes from rhythmic movement. And when we're getting our bodies activated, with whether it's a strum or however we do it, just mm -hmm. to get ourselves going, uh, then we don't have to use it all the time. We can slur. We don't have to be taking separate bows on everything. But the idea is to um, internalize the subdivision. Yeah. And once we do that, we can imply stuff. We can we can play with it. We can slur. We can slur across the, the beat. We can do all of that stuff. Bring out other accents that aren't expected, that aren't the backbeats. Yeah. Um, all those little playful things that are part of improvisation, which is one very, very, very tiny step away from just pure play. Yeah. Uh, and by being playful... Um, we're, what that means is that we can, we can change stuff when you, when you're playing with, let's say a piece of clay, you know, you're modeling it, you're playing with it in your hands, you're messing with it. Um, you know, uh, and when we play with a groove, that's what we're doing. We're messing with it. And we we have this freedom of knowing where all the subdivisions are, but being able to play with them. And that's what yeah. keeps people engaged. I think that's what makes it the most fun. Cause I mean, growing up with fiddle tunes, I didn't think they were cool for like the first 10 years that I was playing. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, I went to like yeah. fiddle camp and met like you and a bunch of other incredible people. And I was like, okay. You met Bruce Molsky and, and yeah. Daryl Anger and people who really play those tunes. <laughs> Not sure. me. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tracy's always done his own thing and that's cool. <laughs> but, but I think, I think this is, you're onto something here because playing with those rhythms is the improvising that's happening, even if you're just playing a melody that already exists. Yes. So playing yes. with the rhythmic accents, playing with those slurs is going to change the feel. Now, I think you need to come from a place of grounding and like basic understanding of a groove style before you can get crazy with it. And I don't mean too crazy. I just mean like you're improvising Boeings and it's not messing up the groove. Right. 
Right. You have so, to know it's appropriate for that style. <laughs> that said, that's what for me makes it so like I could sit here for 20. I'm not going to make you do this, Tracy, but I could start playing Red Haired Boy right now and play it in this spot for 24 hours and never play it the same way. Yeah. And realizing that about fiddle tunes is what made me revisit all of the old chestnuts and go, oh, this thing is really deep. And we're playing it 300 years later. Yeah. This thing's real deep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so it's a deep well, but um, the playfulness with the groove, I think, is what makes it fun. Maybe that's what brings us to the flow state. Exactly what brings yeah. us to the flow state. It's all about playing. It's all about being playful with each other and the whole idea of, of when you're and, and that's why sports are such a great uh, metaphor for the flow state, uh, just like your skiing metaphor, um, uh, because when we're playing a game, we don't know how that other person's going to react. Like, you know, you think of a soccer game, you know, somebody kicks the ball down there. First of all, you don't know exactly where it's going to land, even though you're pretty <laughs> good. Right. Uh, and then you don't know how somebody's going to re respond to that ball, where it's going to end in the next two seconds from now, you have no idea what's going to be happening. If your team is going to be in possession of the ball or not. Uh, and, you know, are you now on offense? Are you on defense? What are you, you know, your, your function has totally changed in this, in, in a split second. And that's because you're playing a game in the moment that's changing constantly. Uh, and that's what, what in a lot of ways, you know, good improvisers are doing is they're just engaged in a, in play with their other, other musicians and even with the audience. Uh, and, you know, doing things like meeting expectations, kicking it through the goalposts, mm -hmm. playing to the changes, uh, and then throwing some surprises out there and maybe quoting something that one of their friends are going to pick up on and and do something with. And, you know, all of that kind of um, interaction takes yeah. us out of our egos, first of all, or at least should help. Um, and engages us in the moment of, you know, being aware and responding uh, freely, you know, with with some uh, freedom of agency, you know, yeah. <laughs> which you don't get a lot of the times in classical music. <laughs> Man, you talk so much trash about classical music. <laughs> it's amazing. They will never let me back into the Juilliard school. I swear to God, if they ever listen to what I say. Although, you know, I mean, I have, I have obviously huge respect for the classical world. I mean, that's where I came from, but, um, I did leave it at some point. I just, to some degree. I mean, I still got one foot in there, you know? I'm, yeah. Well, the, you know, there's different modes of musical thought. So you're just trying to, uh, you're, you're advocating for a, a creative, bendable yeah multi-universe multiverse traveling kind of well, thought so well, so that that yeah you can't you can't change something if you don't say what's wrong with the thing so yeah that's, well, you know i've always <laughs> and I, I don't know i've always had a thing about about the classical performance model and i don't know whether it was just because it made me so damn nervous because it's so formal that I, I just wanted to change it. But I've always, ever since I started performing many, many years ago, 
I've always been trying to find a way to, how can we break this? How can we, I mean, not break it to like an anarchy, but how can we change this, the formality of this that has people sitting quietly in seats and and on a stage raised, so I'm above you. And, oh, yeah. you know, like just there's so many things about that that to me are so non-musical and so non-playful <laughs> and non-creative. And it's just like, how can we bring all of the the fun back to that, that playfulness? Mm. Yeah. So well, that's still working I get, on that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why I compose fiddly music for string orchestra yeah <laughs> maybe that's why i can't live without my e string or my c string <laughs> all right andy reiner well i think we've come to that stage of the podcast rut row where i have to ask you do you feel like playing a round of not my gig it's not my gig i'm just in it for the fun <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, speaking of playing, we're going to play a little game here. Not my gig. This is a little trivia game. Mm-hmm. And I ask you some questions about something hopefully you don't know anything about. But I'm a little concerned about this. But we're going to find out De- in a second. Definitely nervous. <laughs> <laughs> this we're is the part little... I'm most nervous about. <laughs> everybody, everybody everybody hates. <laughs> this is the part of the interview they dread. Okay. It's great. It's great. What so Andy got? Reiner, host of the River of Suck podcast. Uh-huh. We're going to find out how much you know about the Suck River. <laughs> Did you know that there is a Suck River? I'm aware that it exists because Good. I think okay. that might have come up when I was doing my initial Googling. Excellent. I was so afraid you would know all about it. Okay, good. But that was that's a couple <laughs> years ago, man. I'm, I'm a bunch all of right. Well, in. your the first question okay. is where is the River of Suck? The UK. Um, wait a second. You got three. You got three choices here. I have to get more specific. Okay. <laughs> yes. A Albania. B, Ireland. Three, Australia. Ireland. Yes, it is Ireland. Okay. That I remember from Wikipedia. Okay. Well, that's where I got it. (laughs) (laughs) The deep flowing knowledge of Wikipedia. The River Suck. It's called the River Suck. It's Uh the main tributary of the River Shannon and forms the border between County Roscommon and County Galway. And I know that's a terrible Irish accent. I'm not going to. I won't do any more Irish accent. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Your second question. Since you're always talking about crossing the River of Suck, Mm -hmm. I don't know how far it is across, but I want to know how long is the River Suck? Is it A, 320 miles, B, 530 kilometers, or C, 83 miles. I'm going to go with B because they don't do miles over there. <laughs> I threw some kilometers in there just to screw up. It is 83 Damn. miles. However many kilometers that is, about 100, I don't oh. know, 50, <laughs> something like that. Let's see. Okay. True or false? <laughs> true or false? Some stretches are fast flowing while others are slow and meandering. Uh huh. <laughs> true or false? Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with true. That is true. That is absolutely true. It, it You've got true. two right, and there is a f- 
fourth extra bonus point. Uh-oh. Just because. This is also a true or false question. Do, do, I, do I win your voice on my message machine? <laughs> God forbid. God forbid. Bill, Bill, what's his last name? Bill. Bill Curtis? Curtis. Yeah. Bill Curtis's voice on your answering machine. All right. No, you do not get my voice on your answering machine. Okay. You get just the sheer bragging rights of having aced the Not My Gig game. All right, true or false? The name of the river, the river suck, comes from the blood-sucking leeches which live along its banks. True or false? Well, it's bonus and I want it to be true, so true. (laughs) No, it's false. (laughs) It's false. It's false. false. It has nothing to do with sucking. The river's name is derived from the Irish sucken, which is Middle Irish for amber. Oh. Although Edmund Hogan's... Onomasticon Godelecum records the spelling River Sug, S U G, which is Old Irish for juice or sap. So, so I should go. change change my podcast, the, the River of Sug podcast. The ri- river of Sug. <laughs> the River Amber. Okay, you won't find me on the internet if you search it like that. So <laughs> I'm going to keep it the way it is. Officially, that- the River of Suck. Man, but those blood-sucking leeches, I don't know. I think... It's more memorable. More memorable than amber or But maybe they're just metaphorical leeches, I think. You know, they're there. You just can't see them. So I think it's still true. I think it might be true. In the the I choose to believe that it's it's true, Tracy. I think it's true in the the multiverse. (laughs) Hey, look. You know, this is 2021. We choose our own facts. God damn it. (laughs) I choose that to be true. (laughs) Exactly. Argue, argue, argue me. Fight me for it. I'll fight you. No, that would suck. (laughs) That would suck. That would suck. (laughs) <laughs> all right yeah all right andrew well tracy dude it's been a wonderful as usual far-reaching conversation into all of the important <laughs> essentials of music we kind of went all we, we got all all the the big points the multiverse uh skiing um sucking you know, ego, pretty much, pretty much all the uh, all the essentials. Let me just say, it's okay yeah. to suck at something if you enjoy it. I'm just, I'm just that lucky dude whose dad plays the fiddle, so now I play the fiddle. Yeah. So what's coming up for you? And tell people how to find you and and uh, you know the podcast. Sure. Do a little quick, quick promo. Yeah. So since we're in podcast land. Yes. I I am the host of River of Suck podcast. You can search River of Suck wherever podcasts are found or go to riverofsuck.com. Everything that I'm doing is usually shows up on andyreiner.com. If you like what I do a lot and you want to support <laughs> me on a monthly basis, yeah. I post all of my best content to patreon.com slash andyreiner, P-A- T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Andy Reiner. You can join the River of Suck swim team for as little as $1 a month. $1 a month. What a bargain. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just joined a new band, I think. No, I think I I did. 
We're taking promo oh. shots today, so it must Sounds be real. Like you're in it. Uh, it's called High Lonesome, and oh, cool. uh, it's it's a bluegrass band that plays original music. Follow High Lonesome on Facebook, especially. Very very cool, very cool. Half Pelican doing anything these days? Half Pelican, yeah. We added. So Half Pelican is a duo with my wife Joy mm-hmm. Adams, and she plays the cello. And we've been playing a lot of mandolins, but we found out by accident, kind of. That if you add drums and Joy switches to the electric cello and turns on the distortion all the way, then nice. we're like a fiddle metal song band. Nice. And so we've got some of that in Spotify. If you look up Half Pelican, and uh, we're working oh, cool. with uh, some of our favorite drummers in Colorado to uh, bring some more music to the world with Half Pelican. Excellent, dude. Yeah. Fiddle Hell is always coming up. We are twice a year in April and November. Check out fiddlehell.com for more info. And I've got more than an album's worth of solo material that I'm about to start trickling out as singles everywhere you can find music on the internet. You know, Spotify, Apple, all the places. So follow Andy Reiner wherever you listen to music. Monthly releases are coming starting December 29th, 2021. Very busy, very busy guy, and always keep <laughs> keep an eye on Andy for his um, for his educational stuff, workshops and stuff like that. Great resource for anybody who's listening to this podcast. May be very, very well, maybe interested in all of that stuff. So keep your eye on the Andy Reiner Internet Spaces for future. That's right. I'll see you on the internet activity. Yeah, brother. Well, thanks so much, man, for being here, being part of the Greater Groove podcast. And for you listeners out there who have made it all the way to the end of this episode, thank you. And please remember to subscribe if you like. Well, I can't thank you, Tracy, enough for for allowing me to show up on your podcast. This was so fun. You said it was going to be futuristic. And you can't get to the future without the past. So exactly. I hope we've delivered. And uh, thanks. Yeah, man. Thanks for being here, spending some time in the old Zoom lounge. Good to see you, man. Thanks for listening. If you want to stay in touch, please join the For the Greater Groove Facebook group. See ya. Groove on. <laughs>